Welcome to a new mini Pharma Forum podcast. In this episode, whilst at Reuters Pharma Barcelona, I found a quiet spot to speak with Lance Hill, CEO of Within3. Having briefly interviewed Lance the year before at the first post-COVID Reuters event held in Nice, it was good to catch up and rediscover what Within3 is doing for the sector. From data to meaningful insights, and from the commercial side of drug development to the benefits of AI, our conversation held post Lance's presentation was both informative and enlightening. I hope you agree. Thank you for listening. So this is Pharma Forum's web editor, Nicole Rani, and I have with me today CEO of Within3, Lance Hill. Nice to see you, Lance. Nice to see you. So I met you last year at Reuters Pharma in Nice, and we had a brief conversation then, but hopefully we can go a bit more into depth with things today. So um, in brief, can you sort of tell us what you were talking about yesterday about insights and that sort of thing? What's brought you again to Reuters Pharma and what you generally want to get across to those in attendance here? So yesterday, you sort of said how the industry is starved of insights. And despite being surrounded by data, that is so. Can you expand? Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Uh, there's so much data from so many sources. And to really understand what we should be doing with our strategy, depending on where we are along the therapy lifecycle, can be quite difficult. Information is siloed, fragmented, um, it's regional, it's disconnected. And so the issue that a lot of companies have is they either feel they have too much data and they can't make great decisions, or they don't have enough and they can't make decisions, or that to make decisions, it takes so long to kind of work through all the information to understand, <clears throat> excuse me, what they should do. Uh, and that's a really large problem because information and insights are what drive therapies into market, it what drives getting the right therapy to the right patients. Absolutely. So you also spoke about the interchangeability of terms and how people get mixed up. So in your terms, what's an insight? Uh, the easiest way to me is the insight's the aha moment. The insight is where looking at a set of information or facts or data, you realize something about the disease community, about the patient population, something that allows you to take action or something that allows you to confirm that what you're doing remains the right thing to do. So it's, it's that epiphany moment um, and so you might have a lot of data, you won't necessarily have a lot of insights that are, that are actionable, mm. but those key moments and how, how quickly you can uh, find them and react to them can mean the entire difference on uh, the trajectory of a therapy over its life cycle. Okay. So let's talk about the insights management process as a whole now. And specifically yesterday you went into depth about the ROI. Mm -hmm. So can we speak about that now? Sure. Yeah. Um, companies that are mature with an insights process, meaning they're very good at turning data into what the action should be and cycling back through, really see better performance in three areas. Um, one is around therapy performance itself. So they're making better decisions to align their therapy into the market properly. If, if they're at launch stage, they're making better decisions that are helping their clinical studies be successful. They're making better decisions around education and science and medical. So the therapy performance itself and the trajectory of that, that gets measured differently depending if you're in R&D versus medical versus commercial. But that's, that's the big one. That's the kind of the whole point on the commercial aspect of, of, of drug development. The second one is productivity savings. 
it's a lot of companies spend a, a tremendous amount of money and time trying to gather information, parse through it, organize it, collect it, share it um, around medical congresses, as an example, all the way through things you're doing all year. And so that time wasted not only is, is lost productivity, but it also means the, the cycle time gets longer with how you can make decisions. So that's kind of the second piece. Um, a lot of companies will find implementing an insights management platform, the productivity gain alone in that column pays for the entire platform. Mm -hmm. And the third one is direct cost savings. Um, a lot of uh, an insight management platform combines and integrates a lot of technologies that a lot of companies buy separately. Um, and having those things combined in one system can actually save your overall technology spend. And also the, uh, some of the engagement tools within an insights management platform versus live meeting uh, spend and travel, as an example, are much more efficient and, and save money. Okay. Can you tell me a bit more about those engagement tools? Sure. Um, so we have uh, a group engagement tool that we have about 40, 40 different tools within our system. One that's very, very commonly used is, is virtual advisory boards. Mm -hmm. So not an advisory board like on an MS Teams or a Zoom call where you're kind of just on a video talking, but think of it more of a, a curated room, an online university almost type environment where physicians can log in or patients or whoever the stakeholders are in the morning, over the weekend, uh, at night, and interact in a very deep way. doesn't matter what time zone, doesn't matter what language they're speaking. Um, they can interact with materials, uh, uh, you know, very, very deeply versus what you can kind of just say at a higher level in a, in a Zoom or a Teams meeting. So that is an example of using a virtual engagement tool that if you compare the cost of that to uh, a live meeting, it's not even close. I was talking yesterday with, with uh, the client here and they have a large um, sustainability and CO2 emission reduction program happening within their organization. Mm -hmm. Tools like Within3 help them meet that. It saves them the ability of having to have so many plane flights and organize so many live meetings together and do things out of, out of band. Yes, as you say, that sustainability factor there with the mention of planes and this online university sort of uh, construct, what mm -hmm. you deemed asynchronous texts, no, I was about to say last year, yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, so on this theme of technology, you also discussed yesterday artificial intelligence and AI within insights management specifically. So can you sort of allude to what you were saying regarding that yesterday for our listeners? Sure. Yeah, there's, it's a really exciting time. Artificial intelligence in and around insight specifically is really going to change how we do things. It's already starting to, and it's going to accelerate over the next couple of years. Um, so artificial intelligence models that are not the general models off the shelf, but the ones that are becoming intelligent around life sciences, uh, like, like the R&D that, that we're doing at Within3, allows companies to um, do a few things. Um, the first thing is around, if you think about the difference between putting numbers and doing math in a, in a Word document, like Microsoft Word versus Excel, mm -hmm. and being able to slice and dice and automatically formulate and group. That's part of what artificial intelligence does with free text. So all of the free text that comes in, I've, I've said with the doctor, I've written down what he told me, I've added it into my CRM. Artificial intelligence lets organizations group, dice, apply sentiment. Um, this was positive, negative, trend things over time, 
in a way that has not been possible before. Um, and a lot of the information that we get in from a life sciences point of view is qualitative information that was always very difficult to work with and very manual. So one of the things artificial intelligence does is it automates all of that, uh, st- uh, all of those pieces together. The other thing that it can do um, is summarize vast amounts of information very, very quickly. And so even if you get 80% of the way there of taking huge amounts of information and summarizing it, and then, then the human can then take that 80% starting point and move it forward, that's an incredible productivity gain. Um, and that's something that today is, again, done very, very manually. Uh, a lot of times companies are opening up you know, kind of offshore outsourcing centers to do some of this manual work. A lot of that is going to be drastically reduced in, in the coming, coming years. So there's a number of places around insight specifically where the application of AI isn't sort of a high level experiment, but actually has real world implications and value, cost savings, speed to market, accuracy. Um, and that's really exciting because I think the smarter life science companies can be with what's happening with their therapy in the marketplace, we're better able to get the right treatments to the right patients at the right time. Yeah, what it's all about, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just to sort of turn it to comparative terms, how has Reuters Pharma 2023 been for yourself as a speaker, for your company within three, um, in comparison to Nice 2022? Obviously, there was that sort of first face-to-face factor last right. year, post-pandemic. Yeah, th- this... I think this has been great. Nice, you're right. It has certainly had that feel to it of like, we're all kind of meeting for the first time. Um, and I think certainly because we hadn't had live meetings before, a lot of the, the folks who are in attendance um, were kind of getting up to speed with what had changed. Um, where I think here, what's been really exciting is uh, a lot more focused conversation. Um, and so uh, for a company like ours, it's doing new things in technology. That's great, uh, where, where people have a little bit of more time to kind of come out of the pandemic shell and, and become kind of more broadly exposed to things. So um, it, it's been wonderful. Barcelona is a wonderful place as well. Too. So is Nice, though. Um, but Barcelona and Nice are both wonderful venues. So we've, we've enjoyed it very much. Absolutely. So thank you for explaining how instead of drowning in data, we can, as you said yesterday, just head across the street and relax on the beach. Mm-hmm. Nearly. That's the goal. One day. (laughs) Thanks very much, Nance. Thank you. And so that concludes this episode of the Mini Pharma Forum podcast. You can find more information about this episode, including a download link and information about previous installments and the main Pharma Forum podcast series at pharmaforum.com forward slash podcasts. The Mini Pharma Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher and Podbean, where you can find and subscribe by searching for Pharma Forum. Of course, don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for daily news and analysis bulletins as well. And follow us on Twitter at at Pharma Forum. Well, that's all for now. Thank you for listening.